Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Washera Community Church. My name is Lynette Booth, and I'd like to extend a special welcome to anyone who's with us for the first time, or maybe you've only come a few times. We are so happy that you're here. Welcome. Washera Community Church is a group of gathered Christians. Our purpose, we exist to bring meaningful and creative worship to God and to develop and discover disciples for Jesus Christ. We seek to love God and one another fervently. Um, I have some announcements. And this week is VBS. All of us have been, many of us have been preparing for it for a long time. If you need to register your child or grandchild, you can do that in the lobby after church. Um, Chris Schaefer will be out there. Or you can register them tomorrow morning. So if you don't have time to do it today, you can do it in the morning before VBS starts. There's pavilion praise tonight at 5 o'clock. And the parents and students, tonight is the chosen season finale of episode seven and eight in the rock room from five o'clock to 8 p.m. And you can join us for pizza in the end of season two. I have a scripture reading from Romans 13, verses eight through 10. It says, you may stand if you want to. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Please pray with me. Abba, Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we confess, Lord, that we are a broken people. We need your grace. We need your mercy. You've given us a new command that we love one another as you have loved us. Oh, God, we need wisdom. We need humility. We ask, God, that today you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe your word that comes forth. We pray for your anointing on our pastor as he teaches us from your holy word. And we ask, Lord God, that you would send your Holy Spirit and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. May the stones never cry out, right? May the stones never cry. And we got a lot of stones around this property. We do. You may be seated this morning. I'm, I'm thankful at times when we, um, that I, I still have a bit of a memory. And so I remember like when I first heard that song. And uh, one of the th first things that impressed me about the song is, it's your breath in our lungs, and if you sing that all out, it's taking every breath out of your lungs to sing it, you know, kind of thing. But the second thing was, um, it was our, our youngest son who was playing the drums at the time that taught us the song, and he's singing at the top of his lungs as he's playing the drums kind of thing. And it was just something to watch him in praise unto his God. And so we want to make sure that we praise him and lift up his name. So it's good to be in God's house this morning. Good to be with you all, and a couple of announcements before I do offering and, and prayer this morning. Um, one of them is thank you much for those that stayed after and did the vote, and uh, just an official from the front kind of thing. Uh, there's a two-thirds uh, threshold to pass any proposal uh, that we bring before the congregation, and it didn't meet that, so that proposal is dropped. And some might feel bad about that, but it's no, we followed the process and we did exactly what our church constitution says to do and we were able to fulfill that as we walked through. So that's an official announcement about that. Second one is just a mini update from our search team. Um, if you go onto our website, you can see a, a now on the top of the page, um, our posting, our profile, 
um, that we've put out there for our next pastor. And so you can click on there and read it and see all the pictures and all that kind of stuff. But that has gone live uh, out into the World Wide Web now. And we've received, uh, up to this point, eight resumes have come back and are, yeah, praise the Lord. We're thankful for that. They're reading, they're reading our profile and they're saying, hey, we want to partner. We want to see if we can partner up with this group of people and the ministry at WCC. So keep your search team in your prayers as they go through these resumes and evaluate and get more information. There's a huge uh, vetting process that we walk through. Um, so that we are making sure that we are walking in step with what the person that God wants here. And if you talk to any one of our search team members, they'll tell you, oh, it feels like a huge weight, you know, kind of thing. But God is guiding us and directing us through that. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. Our missionary is the Reese's uh, that we're praying for this morning. Um, and again, I'm going to pray for Vacation Bible School because that happens tomorrow morning. So we're going to remember that in prayer. But also, let's take some time to remember maybe, maybe a concern that's in the forefront of your mind, maybe a name of somebody or a situation that you're walking through. Let's remember that this morning, too. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to lift up our voices in concert together uh, to praise you. Lord Jesus, we think of tomorrow and uh, Vacation Bible School and the children walking through the doors, and their parents and grandparents bringing them. Lord, uh, may this be just a week where they hear about you, and they also experience you in song, and they see you in the lives of all the workers, all the volunteers. And Lord Jesus, we do pray for many children to say yes to Jesus. And we, uh, we pray this morning for our missionaries, the Reese's, uh, we thank you for their work abroad, Lord. We ask for your hand upon them and provision uh, for anything that they would need, Lord, that they would know that the, uh, the, the supporters of them, the different churches, us included, they would know that we are praying for them this day. And we pray for our offering this day. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give, and uh, you have given to us so much, Lord. Help us to see that the greatest place that we can give is back to you. And so, Lord Jesus, help us to steward this, these resources well to see the kingdom grow. And we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning is going to be a little bit different. Um, we've been talking about humble service and generous lifestyle. And so part of the message this morning is to have real-life application of that up in front of you. And so we are so thankful that David and Daylene, who had a summer mission trip, are back from that. We prayed for them. We gave in support for them to be able to go. And um, also, you, many of you got the newsletters or the emails and, and heard about their adventures. So I want to take up a, a, a little bit of time here for you to hear directly from them about their trip. So Daylene and, and David, come on up. I think you can take the microphone out. Daylene, we're going to put you in the center. The rose between two thorns. That's okay. I said that, right, David? Okay. And this is going to be kind of a guided discussion here. I've got some questions that I want to ask. So let me ask you first, uh, in a nutshell, what was the backstory? For you to say yes, I want to go. So, Daylene, you want to start? What was the backstory?
David, a little bit of backstory to say yes to go. Um, they they told me a lot of stories, and I could just see like the impact that it had on their lives personally with their walk with Jesus, and I really wanted that same thing, and so yes, it was like missional, um, but also like I really wanted to strengthen um, my relationship with Jesus. Okay, we'll stay right with you, David. Um, what was in a nutshell? What was the mission experience in Japan? What was the objective? or the mission that why you went to Japan? Yeah, um, so Japan is less than 1% Christian. Um, it is of not a very religious country at all. Um, sometimes people will go to temples or uh, shrines to, you know, just follow traditions, but not many people know at all who Jesus is, and maybe they've heard, his name once in their lives, maybe twice, but it was, we never came across anyone who knew the gospel at all. Um, and so Japan is uh, deprived of, of people who are able to go and share the gospel. And so that was the main motive for going. But uh, on top of that, there's also a local church that, um, was planted by our Madison Church. Uh, that we are our main goal is to connect uh, the people of Japan with that church. So, and what about you, darling, uh, Dailene? Um, what what was the what was the objective of going to India? Yeah. Um, so India is a little bit different in the fact of going. Um, you know, we didn't have a campus to go on to, so, you know, talking to people every day, our objective was to go out and talk to people on the streets, you know, just find anyone that we could start a conversation with to share the gospel. There are several long terms throughout Mumbai, um, all different ministries in a way, you know, you've, there's a lot of different religions there, so unlike Japan where there maybe isn't a lot of religion here, there is, but everyone is looking in every place but Jesus. And so for us, our goal was to try to connect and learn more about, you know, why their beliefs they have and their culture and in return be able to share the gospel with them and, you know, try to almost make them think about why am I following this? You know, do I have hope in this? Is this bringing me fulfillment in life? And if not, like, what could be, you know, what could be you know, life in Jesus Christ. And so our goal was to just go and be able to share the gospel and plant these seeds for anyone and anyone we could find. And if they were interested um, with the hope of being able to connect them to our long terms that we had in the city. And so we were definitely able to do that with a few people, which was praising the Lord, like, thank you, Lord, for being able to do that. But our goal was to share the gospel with anyone and you know, have the hope of continuing conversations with them and opening the Bible with them if we were able to. And then now, you know, it's up to the Lord to be able to continue those connections with the long terms that we're praying over. Okay, you're back on campus now, and you're just about ready to go into a class, and somebody, one of your classmates says to you, hey, what'd you do this summer? And you say, oh, I just went to India. Um, and <laughs> And you have a short amount of time. What would be the one thing that you would tell that person or you would want them to know why you went to India? I mean, you've got a short amount of time. Daylene, you want to start it? Yeah. Um, you know, if I had a very short conversation and they asked me why I went, I would say there is, you know, the biggest important thing in my life is Jesus. And I believe that, you know, that is our hope and how we get to heaven. And I how would I not want that for anyone I come across? And, you know, these people on the other side of the world that we went to, 
like they don't have people, you know, in their city that have a church down the street or in every neighborhood. Like it's just not something common in a lot of parts of the world. And so to be able to go and be a little piece of God's, you know, kingdom and plan for these people um, was a blessing. And I would just tell them like the reason I went is so these people would be able to hear the gospel. And so God can use that in their hearts to hopefully, um, yeah, bring them home. David, what would you say? Um, it probably wouldn't be that well articulated. Um, but um, I would I'd probably say me and a, a team of five people went to Japan uh, because not many people uh, have heard, heard the gospel before and even know who Jesus is. And so our goal is to make friends and through those friendships to share the gospel um, and to show them what it what it looks like to follow Jesus. Um, but we we came away with it with um, some really, really close friends who um, now have someone in their life who they can reach out to back in the U.S. if they have any real life questions or anything like that. And um, so, yeah, our main goal is to share the gospel and make friends along the way. Next question. Uh, start with you, Daylene. Um, and, and, and you might have different answers here, but how do you, do you look at your world differently coming back now? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you look at it differently coming back to America? Yeah, um, many ways. Um, and I could go on about all the different ways, but I think the biggest thing, well, is one, realizing, like, the God that I leaned on, you know, in probably the toughest two months of my life I've had so far, you know, over there, is the same God here. And, like, the dependence I had on him there hasn't changed here. And so coming back, I'm like, God, you're the same God here in the U.S. and Wisconsin. And, like, the same mission applies to the people that don't know Jesus here. Um, and so I think coming back, my perspective has shifted in how I look at people and how approaching them and how like to not have the fear of man, you know, stop us. And that can be really hard. And, you know, I'm not going to be perfect at that, but like to not be so, you know, held back by that and to be able to just be like, you know, Lord, like, why not share? Why not? Because at the end of the day, like, my reputation is not more important than their salvation. And so if they look at me differently and they think I'm crazy, then so be it. But um, why not be, you know, ready to just go out and share on campus too? Did somebody tweet that? My reputation is not more important than their salvation. Yeah, somebody should have tweeted that. Um, David, how do you look at, do you look at your world any differently coming back? Yes. Um, I think so often when I would think of, you know, people who aren't Christians or aren't saved or aren't reached, uh, it would it was just because like they were either uninterested uh, or they didn't want to hear anything about it or it was too impossible to reach the unreached people. Um, and I was like proven so wrong when I was in Japan. Um, and I know now that if you want to reach someone, God obviously wants to reach them too, and he's powerful, and if you ask him to soften hearts, he will soften hearts. Uh, it's not just a weird Christianese thing you say, but, like, people will be willing to open up to you and will be willing to, to hear what you have to say. Um, and that was kind of challenge, a challenge for me because I always figured, oh, well, they're not Christians, so they must not want anything to do with it. But um, that, I was proven very wrong. How did you help your parents or others understand why you wanted to do this? You want to start? Yeah. How, how did you help others understand why you were going to take this trip? Yeah. Yeah. Um. My, my parents, you know, aren't in Christ. And so, you know, they thought I was 
crazy for wanting to go to the other side of the world. Um, they did not understand um, and weren't necessarily super supportive of the mission and the trip. You know, they've always been supportive of me, but like weren't huge fans of the idea of it. And I just told them like, I'm gonna devote my life to mission, whether it's here or in India or in any other part of the world. And this is my life now. You know, it's not just a phase of life. And I think they understood that, like, okay, this is important to you. So, okay, like, you're going to go do it. We can't stop you. Um, but I, you know, I try to just share the truth of the gospel of, like, why I'm going and that there's just so many people that don't have access to people who know the gospel in these parts of the world. The percentages of Christians in, you know, Mumbai and Japan is very, very, very little. And so for us to go, you know, we're just, we have two months where that's all we're focusing on. You know, we don't have jobs and other things to worry about. Like that is what we're doing. And so it helps out the long terms there too, because it's just the amount that we're able to like go out and do in that two month period. Um, you know, we're able to plant so many seeds in that time, which is, you know, really cool. And so I tried to explain to others maybe who didn't fully understand either in my family that, you know, we have access, you know, they have all heard it before because they've, you know, obviously been to a church. We have many here um, in the U.S., um, but these people don't really have that option. And so I wanted to go because they don't have access like we do. Okay, and David, how did you twist your parents' arms to let you go? It was extremely difficult. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, my parents were very supportive of me, and they always have been, and so I'm very, very thankful for them. Um, I have friends, though, who, um, yeah, I had a really, really interesting conversation um, with one of my friends from from school and they were asking me like oh david like why are you going why are you going and i and i said well i'm going and i'm i'm making friends and then i'm you know i'm gonna share the gospel with them and I'm, and then she cut me off and she was like if you were just going to another country to be my friend just the means of imposing your beliefs onto me, I wouldn't want to be your friend. And that was like really, yeah, I just kind of, I didn't know what to say in that moment. And it was something that I kind of carried through that, through the whole two months. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really know how I was going to you know, address, address that after I got back. But um, it was so interesting because once I was actually in Japan and once I had made friends, um, I was so, so close to these friends. Like God just made relationships so strong in two months. And um, I've never had more of a like true desire to want to share the gospel with someone not like for my own gain or not for, you know, um, our church's gain or, you know, the gain of, you know, my reputation, anything. But I just like, I wanted to share the gospel with them so bad because I, I didn't, I, when I left, I honestly didn't know if I was going to see them again, um, whether it was on this side of the eternity or the other. And so I I know now what it truly means to go and make friends, but then share the gospel because like those two things just come naturally and they should come naturally and it shouldn't be sharing the gospel for your own gain, but like for the, for God's kingdom and just because you love them so much. So we're going to close it out there, but we have something special. Um, one of the first things I, asked Daylene when I saw her after she got back as I said did you write any songs because I knew that she was going to be in a place where there would be huge inspiration and she said uh, yeah 
And so I asked her, I said, well, would you sing one of those songs uh, this morning for us? So I think this is a debut, isn't it? It is. It is. It is a debut, but I want her to... Uh, I want her to share with you a little bit of the story of what happened prior to her writing this song. What else do you need? David will help um, you. He, he maybe just the stand and then yeah. those sheets. Put Thank David you, David. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so this song I wrote, I did write a lot this summer. Um, we were fortunate enough to find a guitar and able to use it for worship, but also for... Um, just like writing in downtime um, as a time to relax. And there were many moments, a lot of the songs that I did write were more of just like what I was speaking to the Lord and what I was saying. And um, this song I wrote specifically, we had as a team walked through this a slum neighborhood. There are 12.5 million people living in slum neighborhoods in Mumbai. And we went with these people from a very small church that we had found, and they were delivering tarps to families um, living in this area. And I watch as these four families, you know, with all these little kids fought over who gets a tarp for the night to stay out of the rain during monsoon season. And we got back as a team. And I remember we all just kind of split up. And we all sat in different parts of our apartment and, you know, we didn't talk for a while. And I remember just pulling out my guitar and our question was, how do we carry on when we get back? How do we just, you know, move forward after everything we've seen, knowing this is what people are going through on the other side of the world? You know, how do you balance the line of joy in Christ, but also the heaviness of what sin has done to our world and like how to move towards people in that way? And so this song... You know, I just wrote to the Lord in that moment of just like, Lord, I'm going to bring you what I'm feeling on my heart and how I don't know how to balance that line, but I know you're there and I know you're good. So what's the, do you have a title for this? Do you, um, or haven't, it, I mean, it's that new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a title yet. Okay. I'll let you know okay. if I come up with one. How do I just carry on? How do I go about my day? When my days feel long, knowing they're not okay. How do I live in joy, knowing they're in pain? How do I not get annoyed when all people do is complain? I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need you close. I don't want my old self. I wanna live in your hope. Some days it feels hard to do, but help me live in your truth. I wanna see your hand in everything. In the dark when it all feels heavy, when I'm crying and I'm down on my knees, when the whole world seems to be crashing in. My heart is light, but the outside feels cracked. Looking around at the people being attacked. How do I stand up and not let the enemy win? How do I run and smile? When the pain stretches for miles, how do I balance that line? I don't know if I'll know in this life. How do I not lose this feeling without feeling helpless each day? I want them to all have healing, but all I can do is pray. How do I try and explain 
the things that we have seen it seems that people won't attain just how much we are free i'm gonna need your help i'm gonna need you close i don't want my old self i want to live in your hope some days it feels hard to do but help me live in your truth i want to see your hand in everything in the dark when it all feels heavy when i'm crying and i'm down on my knees when the whole world seems to be crashing in my heart is light but the outside feels cracked looking around at the people being attacked how do i stand up and not let the enemy win how do i run and smile when the pain stretches for miles how do i balance that line i don't know if i'll know in this life I don't know if I'm alone this life. Grateful's an understatement for the life I have. I'm learning how to be content and how to give grace back. It's not an easy journey. I still have a lot to learn, but because of his mercy, we have nothing to earn. I'm gonna need your help, Lord. I'm gonna need you close. I don't want my old self. I wanna live in your hope. Some days it feels hard to do, but help me live in your truth. I wanna see your hand in everything. In the dark when it all feels heavy, when I'm crying and I'm down on my knees, when the whole world seems to be crashing in. My heart is light, but the outside feels cracked. Looking around at the people being attacked. How do I stand up and not let the enemy win? How do I run and smile, Lord? When the pain stretches for miles, how do I balance that line? I don't know if I'll know in this life. I don't know if we'll know in this life. I guess I'm not meant to know in this life. And that's all right. Thank you. Aren't you glad you walked through the doors of this church this morning? I know. You you can say, I was there. I was there. That was beautiful. Um, before I give the short devotional this morning, short devotional this morning, I'm going to make another transition. I was so thankful Pastor Robert said, you'll know how to do this. And I'm going to ask Pastor Robert to come forward. Um, and, and we're going to... We're going to do a little talk together. Uh, I'll tell you that I love Pastor Robert. He's becoming a really great friend. I'm thankful for uh, doing ministry together with him. Thanks, Pastor Adam. I love um, you, too. We're not eating out of the same cereal bowl yet. No. But we're getting close. We're getting close. We but share I, a lot of everything else, though. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things we share, and this is my transition. Yeah. One of the things we share is Wilma. And so Wilma, you know, she sent me a birthday card last year. And if you remember, Wilma's card to me last year said, how much do you weigh? Yeah, that's what she wanted to know. Well, She I got, doesn't send those to me. I know. I was going to ask you that. It, it, yeah, yeah. You don't get this treatment. So she sent me a new card for my birthday. Do old cowboys wear boxers or briefs? And in the inside cover. Depends. Yeah. Of course, Wilma, you know, I haven't told this to Wilma, but um, yeah, 12 years ago I had cancer surgery. 
and for about three or four years, I wore protective gear, uh, so, so that's not a foreign object to me. But uh, it does, do you feel old after listening to David and Daylene? I mean, I, I feel like, wow. I mean, I, I'm so grateful to see young people uh, take that step uh, that's there. But now, so we were talking about someone who went far away, but they also spoke about how that mission reaches here. But this is, so we talk about what happens here, and you, you've got two old guys. I get senior discount. I've gotten senior discount for a long time. They just give it to me. But you got two older guys up here who have dedicated our lives to the local church. Our whole lives we've dedicated to the local church and the ministry of the local ch church. And so an ongoing conversation that we've had is, um, Pastor Robert, you know, what's what's on your heart for WCC? What do you see that where where we could um, where you could put energy into or you want to put energy into and so Pastor Robert came up with these three things that went before the elders and the elders said yay uh, kind of thing and so we're going to hit the first two quick and then but the third one's where we're going to spend some time but the first one is this whole idea about re uh, reintroducing to our church a greeting or a welcoming type of ministry here at the church. Can you just touch on that? Devin has told me that she's been dusting the Welcome Center a little bit too much because we haven't had people serving at the Welcome Center. So that's on my heart to uh, initiate that kind of a ministry where we have uh, people every Sunday before service and after service at our Welcome Center who are another contact point for people coming in the door along with our ushers and our greeters. Okay. The second one was, and these are your words, <laughs> well, I'm a senior now. So the second one was uh, just kind of formulating again or giving some more structure again to senior events here at the church. So what about that one? Right. I'm a card-carrying AARP member. <laughs> so uh, why not? I mean, seniors, let's do this again. Now, we've had senior ministry here at WCC for some time, and it's come and gone uh, under various leadership, but it's on my heart. So I'd like to reinitiate that ministry, which we've had, you know, here at WCC for different seasons, and uh, give some, uh, uh, through Jesus Christ, give some life and breath and health to that. And again, gather all of our seniors together in a regular way here at the local church for serving one another but also for that to be uh, a place for us to launch one another into service locally. Yeah, that was one of the conversations we had on the phone was when Pastor Robert said to me, just even our attendance to maybe some events that we do is, is an act of service because we're coming together as body of believers and we can care about one another when we come and we can serve one another and we can pray for one another and those things all happen when we gather kind of thing. But the last one, which is the most important one, is uh, a ministry or an opportunity to focus how we get people from coming through the doors into ministry or so assimilation, engagement. What's that one? Since I was um, saved uh, as a child, uh, immediately thereafter, Jesus called me into public service, and I've been serving in local churches since 1986, and I love the local church. I mean, this is Jesus' creation. This is what he has made, and he said nothing is going to fail in the local church. I mean, he is the success of it, and as we are drawn to him, of course, great, mighty, and powerful things happen there. But I've also seen over my years in local churches from coast to coast that there, there seems to be this glitch of people coming into the door, but then a lot of folks just never get engaged in a local church, and then the back door is a little bit too easy to find, and then we lose them as well, too. So um, so this is on my heart, too, and the elders put their hand a blessing on it, that I should make some initial short-term plans as well as long-term plans on how to help people who come to this local church engage, how to get them connected in serving groups, how to get them connected into small groups or prayer groups, how to get them connected one, one another in, in spiritual gifted areas, so uh, that's going to be an initiative that I'm excited to look at so that people are connected. And, and there isn't the thing of I came in and I went out 
and nobody ever said boo to me. So I'm excited about that and asking for Jesus' blessing if you'll pray with me on that as well, too, that we become a connected group of people and that I work on how to help people assimilate or get connected in the local body. Amen. Is big amen to that? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Thank you. Yeah, they almost hit the, you just shove it in. Oh, no. Well, as I said this morning, it's just a devotional this morning because I, I wanted you to hear the application of what we've been talking about, humble service and generous lifestyle. We read together this morning Romans 13, 8 through 10. And let me read that again to you, Romans 13, 8 through 10, when it said, let no debt remain outstanding. And he had just got done talking about pay our debts. And then he says, except, so we always like the exception. He says, except the continuing debt to love one another. So that debt to loving one another should never, we should never, it's never paid in full. We're always paying that debt to love one another. For he loves his fellow man who, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. I like that when he gets down to one rule that makes it simple. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And on your sheet, if you've got your sheet, um, the foundation is love. Our foundation is love. Everything that we do, the foundation needs to be love. When we see Christians, the main characteristic that we should see displayed is our love for God and our love for others. That should be the main thing that they see. Okay, so now let's go to verse 11. And in verse 11, he, out of this foundation of love, he says, and do this. Okay, so we got the love foundation. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So I, I tried to make this pithy. Um, in verse 11, it says we need to wake up. And then in verse 12, we could say we need to clean up. And then in verse 14, um, we need to clothe up. So now you got WCC. You get it? So you're, you wake up, you clean up, you clothe up. Now, you just think of as you get up in the morning, what do you do? You wake up, you go to the bathroom, what do you do? You clean up, and then what do you do after that? You clothe up. Okay, same thing in this passage of Scripture. But he's saying in verse 11 that we, we need to wake up from our spiritual slumber. We need to wake up to our, that we are saved, that we are saved. And he, he says it in a unique way. When he says, because our salvation is nearer now than it was when we first believed. So what he's doing, he's stretching salvation out. So in, in theological terms, when you got saved, you were justified. Justification. Justification. You, you have been saved from the penalty of sin. That's what happened when Jesus died upon the cross. He took your place. He took upon the wrath of God that was for you. He took your place. And so in justification, when you first got saved, you're released from the penalty of sin. But then the next word is sanctification. In sanctification, we are being saved from the power of sin. Now we live out this salvation. We've been saved. Now we live it out. And as we live it out, we are being transformed into being more like Christ. And we used to be, uh, uh, the flesh used to lead us. Now the Spirit of God leads us. So we go into that where we're being, being saved. We're continually being saved from the power of sin. And then the third one is glorification. Glorification, we will be saved from the presence of sin. There will be a day when we will see Jesus face to face and we will be in that eternal home that he has provided for us and there will be no sin. We will be in that place. And what he's doing here, he's kind of connecting the two 
in this verse, wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now. That glorification time is nearer now than when you first believed when you were justified. So here we've been saved from the penalty of sin. We're being saved from the power of sin as we live out our salvation. And we will be saved from the presence of sin someday. So he says, wake up that you have been saved. Wake up that you have been justified. Wake up that you have the Holy Spirit walking alongside of you each and every day. And wake up that there's going to be a day that you're going to be in your eternal home with him in glory. He says, wake up about that. And then he goes to the next verse. The night is near over and the day is almost here. Now, if I stop right there, you could, you could look at that in grand terms, thinking, yes, the time when Jesus comes again is nearer, and, and he's going to come again. But I think we could look at it personally also. How long are our lives? Yeah, they're like that. You don't know when you're going to take your, next, your last breath. And so the, the, day, the night is nearly over of our lives, and, and the day is almost here when as a Christian, you will be with your Savior. You will be with your Savior. Therefore, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. This is where we need to clean up. He's saying we need to clean up. And and when he talks about the deeds of darkness, he's going to talk about that in verse 13. And then when he talks about the armor of light, he's going to talk about that in verse 14. So verse 13, let us behave decently as in the daytime. And then he gives us this list. And in this list, there are the deeds of darkness. And it's tempting when you go down through this list that he gives us to from greater to lesser. That's what we like to think sometimes. That's what we do. So when he starts off with orgies, uh, that's revelry, carousing, parties of evil, parties of evil. I mean, where evil is rampant and out in the open. And we have examples of that in the scripture kind of thing. And then he says, in drunkenness, that's intoxication. That means you're completely under the control of another substance. And therefore, lots of times that's out in the open too. And so we think, well, you know, and personally myself, I read those two and I go, well, I've never been a part of that. Never been a part of that. Then he goes to the next one. Sexual immorality and debauchery. Sexual immorality, the the word picture for that word, that phrase, is in the bed. In the bed. So you kind of get an idea of what he's he's talking about here. And he's he's saying these are the things that we need to put aside, deeds of darkness. And, And that one, that gets a little closer to home now. Because we know that Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if you have lusted after a woman... In your heart, you've committed adultery. So you realize that, wait a minute, this kind of thing can be not so much in the open, it can be hidden inside. And in our world today, in our world today, you have images that you can see in front of you on a regular basis that throw you into that lust that he's talking about. And debauchery is unbridled lust. Unbridled lust. Uh, It's a lust that's out of control. It's it's you're consumed by it. And that's what happens in those scenarios with sexual immorality, especially the hidden ones that will be made known at some time. But those hidden ones that we, we it, it has a grab on our lives. But it's mostly hidden. And again, hopefully, if you've ever dealt with that, that you are going to God in prayer and support of other brothers and sisters in Christ to, to, to break the bonds of that. But then the third grouping, then he gets down to dissension and jealousy. Dissension is contention, strife, strife. Or another word I didn't put down there, wrangling, wrangling. You're, you're, you're trying to get your way. Or jealousy, the word, for, the word picture for jealousy is to boil, to boil. And, and, and envy and rivalry. Now, those two, those last two, which we might think is lesser than orgies and drunkenness, he puts in the same list. He says all of these things are deeds of darkness. All of these things. And honestly, the dissension and the jealousy, we'd probably, more of us would raise our hands and say, yeah, I've had that happen. I've 
done that before. And even within the church, I've done that before. I've had dissension against another. I have had jealousy or envy against another. We would probably, more of us would probably raise our hands on that. But even if we look at this from greater to lesser, well, if, if we looked at it that way, in which I don't think we should, but the lesser is the lesser more prevalent. If it's more prevalent than the top of the list, then we need to even spend more time on it. That we, that, we, that we put aside, we put aside the deeds of darkness. And then he says, put on the armor of light. So we go to verse 14, and it says, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll stop right there. So we need to clothe up. So we got wash up, clean up, and clothe up, WCC. And I love it every time the Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ. I love it when all three of those things are together. So he says, put on the Lord. That word means master. It means literally the one I belong to, the one I belong to. So every day I put on the one I belong to. And then Jesus, Jesus' name means Jehovah saves. So he's the one who saves. I put on the one who saves. And then Christ is the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who was sent. He was sent by God. So each morning I put on the one I belong to, the one who has saved me, and the one who was sent for me. That's who I put on. And then he ends it with this, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Other versions say, uh, give no provision for the flesh. No provision for the flesh. And I, I, if you're following on the sheets, our actions start in our mind. He says, do not think. Our actions start in our minds, and that's where we need to take those thoughts that are in this deeds of darkness and take them captive and take them before the throne of God. Take them before the Lord Jesus Christ so that he can, he can, he can help us to get rid of those deeds of darkness and continue to walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we studied First and Second Peter, and so it's always good to go to one of those, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, said this. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, and the this in this passage is a new heavens and a new earth, glorification, our time with him, that's what the this is, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. Make every effort to do that. And I would put on there especially within the body of Christ, especially within the body of Christ. It's interesting in this passage, I see our three M's again. I see this foundation of love, and we, our motive is to be love. I see in here discipleship. Our method is discipleship, this putting aside this and putting on this. And then I also see our message, because who do we? who's our focal point? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bring this all together and close it out this way because if we are going to have humble service and if we're going to have a generous lifestyle, it's got to come out of love. If it doesn't come out of love, then our humble service will be just this. Or our generous lifestyle will see how much I have given, what I have done, this is, you know, kind of thing. If it doesn't come out of love, so I'll end it with a very familiar passage. You're going to know this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And the very first verses, and now I will show you a most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, that would be phenomenal. That would Wow, you could draw a crowd with that. But have not love. I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Clang, 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 clang. And then he goes on, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, that would draw a crowd. Wow, pastor's got all the answers. And if I have faith that can move mountains, if I can encourage others in, in such a way, in such a vibrant way, but then he says, but have not love, I have nothing. I have nothing. Then the last one, if I give all I possess to the poor, 
That would be phenomenal. That would be. And surrender my bodies to the flames. Another phenomenal thing, devotion, loyalty, but have not love. I gain nothing. I gain nothing. You see how important it is that love is the motivating factor of what we do, how we respond to one another, how we live our lives, and how we give humble service and our lifestyle that we give away to our God and others. So I've taken up a bunch of time, haven't I, Aaron? Um, let's just close our, our, our service out in prayer this morning. I know that there's another announcement about BBS, so I want to be uh, cognizant of that. But um, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we have been so blessed this morning by hearing um, from some of your servants, some who have uh, 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 looked at the opportunities that you have placed around them and have said, yes, yes, Lord. I pray that all of us, Lord, would, would wake up. If we have fallen asleep about this great salvation that has been given to us, if we've fallen asleep, that we would wake up, that we are to live out these saved lives because there will be a day when we are face-to-face with our Savior and Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would clean up that if there are deeds of darkness that are in our lives, that we would, we would put those things aside. And we would put those things aside so that we can clothe up, Lord, with you. That our lives would be a reflection of you, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one I belong to, the one who saved me, and the one who was sent by our Heavenly Father for me. May this humble our hearts, Lord, so that we do humble service. And that we are generous in our lifestyle, Lord, to share with the world as we are witnesses, Lord, of you. And we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. I think Scott's coming up at this time um, just to give a closing thought. And then we have one more announcement from Pastor Robert. Thanks, Adam. Um, <clears throat> Daylene, you inspired me to put my closing remarks to song. So I'm just kidding. That wouldn't be good for anyone. So um, in, my, in my personal Bible study, I just finished up 2 Corinthians this week. And um, some of Paul's final remarks have a lot of application to what Adam said. And there's Two contrasting uh, verses in chapter 12 and 13 that I want to share with you. Uh, the first is kind of a negative verse. It's Second uh, Corinthians 12.20. And Paul says, For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. And about 12... Verses later in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And we just we live in a culture, in a world that is increasingly hostile. And discourse in our culture is just at an all-time low in my lifetime. And I just, I want our church, our gatherings, every time we're together here in the lobby and congregational meetings, let this place be an oasis where, where, we, where we disagree. We can disagree well. We should disagree. But when we disagree, that we do it with grace, that we'd rather be wrong with humility than right with pride, and where we just love each other well. And we can bring that salt and light to the world around us. And when people come here, they just there's something different here. They recognize something supernatural. Heavenly Father, um, I am an unworthy ambassador of you, Jesus. But 
an ambassador I've been called to be, Lord, and I just I pray um, that I would that I would grow. I have a lot of growth to do in this area, so I pray that I would grow in in grace and that um, that we as a congregation uh, would do the same. Thank you for this group of gathered believers. And I pray that we would go out and that we would be salt and light, first and foremost, to our brothers and sisters and into a world in desperate need of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.